Welcome to the Proverbs 3 podcast, Don't Assume You Know It All, with Take Team Carrie and Carrie, faith-based personal development coaches. We help Christian women stop relying on themselves, tune into God, and rest in His strength so they can walk in confidence and grace. Thanks so much for joining us. Today, we're going to talk about surrender and the three A's, awareness, acknowledgement, and application. Surrender is to give up completely or agree to forego, especially in favor of another. Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work unto the Lord and your plans will be established. So Carrie, I'll let you talk a little bit about surrender. Okay. Well, when we're taking a look at surrender, you talked about those three A's, the awareness, acknowledgement, and application. So um, what I'm finding in my life is that when there are things that I feel like I need to work on with God, um, it all comes down to that surrendering, right? Surrendering what my will is to his will, becoming more Christ-like. And through that, you know, you and I've talked about this and came up with these three A's, um, the first one being awareness, um, and awareness that there's something that I am doing not around exactly the way God would want me to. Um, uh, you know, we have a sinful nature. And so maybe it's something as simple as the tone I take when I'm talking. If it's something that God has said to me, um, that I need to work on once I have that awareness, um, that this may not be how I need to be handling things. Um, God then takes me through an acknowledgement period where I acknowledge the fact that I'm ready to give this up and to surrender what I am doing and, and that I want to take on his will, that I want to surrender this. I want to change my tone. Um, now for me personally in this acknowledgement, when this happens, um, I usually find that God is getting ready to give me the application part, which is the test part. If I tell God I need to be better at my tone, and if people are maybe being rude to me, I need to learn how to not let them steal my joy and really just kind of um, kill them with kindness, go back to them in a way that represents the way God would want me to respond to this person. You know, I may not know what, what the reason is behind them being in the state that they're in, whatever their attitude is, but their attitude really should not affect my attitude. And so the application part comes in when those tests come along. Um, and we've talked about that. Um, I'm sometimes not really good at getting the test the first time around. So I'm having to do the replay button where, you know, I, I have to start all over again with the awareness saying, yep, God, I know this is not the way my attitude should be right now, acknowledge the fact that, yes, I want to change it. Like, I'm not being resistant. I'm wanting to change it. But, but Carrie, we have to change these habits, right? Like, we we're in the habit of responding a certain way or we're in the habit of having a tone. Um, and so then the application comes when God says, okay, and along comes another test. Um, and so, you know, when we're looking at those three A's, that's how I see God works with me in terms of surrendering to him, you know, and no longer taking on my will, really taking on his. And we've talked about that before too. Surrendering is not something that is easy. It's almost a practice that we need to do. The other part is um, surrender not being easy. Uh, when we acknowledge something, acknowledging it or when we become aware of something, being aware of something is not 
where we have to stop. We have to take it a step further and acknowledge it. And in acknowledging it, we take responsibility Mm -hmm. for our behavior. Um, It's not always easy to do, and it's kind of scary sometimes to do. But when we come to that point of surrender, um, that's where God can really step in and work in us and work things in our favor. Right, right. Because, well, surrender is not easy. Surrender is an active thing. I don't know. The word surrender to me sounds passive. Like if you say surrender, it sounds like just, oh, but it's not. It's not passive at all. Or at least it's not for me. Yeah. I'm surrendering. Well, Go ahead. It, it's usually I, something I have to work on. Yeah. And in uh, Psalms 37, 5, it breaks it down a little bit because in surrendering, it says to commit everything you do to the Lord. So when we surrender, it's a surrender of all that we are. It's not just a piece or a part. Um, And it goes on further to say, trust him and he will help you. So it breaks it down really, really easy. We're to commit everything. That means all we are to resist, resist the devil and stand firm and God will take care of the rest. Right. Right. And that's so comforting. Yes, it can be. If you can get to that peace in the middle of that, because again, because surrender for me is active and sometimes it's an active set of my will to surrender to his will. I mean, for me, surrender really isn't passive um, because I, I really sometimes have to work really hard at not having an inappropriate attitude if someone is having an inappropriate attitude with me. Like, I, I have to be careful not to let people steal my joy because they do. Um, and I let them. And that's the thing. They can't if I don't let them. You know, if, if someone takes a bad attitude towards me and I, I have a choice. I can say, nope, not today. Today I'm staying in surrender because God would not want me yelling back at this person. Mm-hmm. It, it, this doesn't matter. This, this is not in the grand scheme of things. This is not worth ruining my day over. This is not ru- not worth ruining my perspective over, you know, because Carrie, you, you've had stuff that happened first thing in the morning and you're like, okay, I can either let this affect my entire day which means losing your joy and giving it up to some circumstance, you know, the alarm didn't go off or when it finally did go off, you're already, you know, 30 minutes late and you're running around trying to get everything taken care of. Well, those things can really steal your joy if you don't surrender to responding to them in the way God would want you to. Um, So So it's not always just our actions. It's definitely our reactions. And sometimes those are even harder to control than our actions themselves. Yes. Yes. Well, because I don't know about you, but I find I'm so habitual about a lot of things that it, that I don't just have to surrender once because, because I could be having a great day and I might pass that test today, but if I am not careful tomorrow, when that test comes back, because it's not a habit for me yet, I'm going to fall flat on my face. Now, the good thing is God's right there to say, it's okay. (laughs) Get up. There'll be another challenge coming. So just get yourself back up. Let's get right, get in line and move forward with what we need to. But the, but the truth is until it becomes a habit, 
until it becomes something that's just an automatic response that you don't immediately take up an offense. I, I found that interesting the way that is phrased, take up an offense, which means that offense is laying there, right? Like if someone throws something out there, if I'm rude to you, Carrie, that offense is laying there, right? It's hanging out there and you can either take it up or say, not today, I'm not carrying that. I'm not picking it up. I'm not taking it with me. So mm -hmm. I find it interesting that an offense isn't something someone puts on us, right? It's something that we take up. We, we're like, okay, yeah, today I'm gonna carry that offense. I didn't like the way you said that to me. And now I'm gonna have this little chip that I'm gonna put right here on my shoulder. And every time you look at me today, I'm gonna remember that this morning when I was pouring my coffee, you weren't nice to me. Or when right. you came in, you didn't say good morning to me. So now I'm gonna carry around this offense with me until I feel like I've punished you enough for it. Or I feel like it's been long enough, I can lay it down. And the funny thing is, is I might not even know that I offended you. So you're walking around in a bad mood. You're walking around you know, with this heaviness on you. And I'm not even aware that I offended you. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and imagine the baggage. If you're prone to picking up offenses, imagine the baggage you're carrying around with you towards your spouse, towards your coworkers, towards, I don't know, the traffic cop at the, you know, that's directing traffic in front of your kid's school, you know, like, third month in, you're like, okay, I really do not like this traffic cop. Well, because I don't know, you're picking up the offense of every time you come through, they make you stop. Well, it's the school in the morning. It's drop off. It's pickup. You know, I I'm sure they're not waiting for your little red car to come through just to stop you. Like, exactly. I I'm sure that that's not the thought, you know, that they're looking around saying, oh, it's 1020. They come at 1021. So I'm going to keep letting the cars go. Okay. Now they're, there they come. Okay. Now stop. Like, but we pick up those offenses, right? Like stupid right. things that people probably had no intentions of putting on us. Um, but, but even the reverse, Carrie, let's say that that traffic cop really, really wants to stop you every morning. Right. Maybe, maybe that's their thing. Maybe they've picked up an offense from you somehow and they've determined that every morning now they are going to stop you okay so where does it stop who, mm -hmm. who stops picking up the offense like right. someone I'm sure God is saying to someone okay this cycle has to stop like at some point in time you have to be the one that just smiles and waves or smiles and says have a great day when you don't necessarily feel like that at the moment but right. you got to lay that offense down or you got to look at it and say I'm not picking it up today today I'm not letting this steal my joy first thing in the morning because it affects the whole rest of your day and mm -hmm. it makes it more likely that when that second offense is thrown out there you know i'm already upset with the person who stopped me in traffic now when the coworker didn't say good morning now i'm really upset so now when my boss comes in and says they need to talk to me about maybe my performance something being off or some constructive criticism i'm now hot right like, because I have this bag full of offenses that I'm carrying around with me. And, you know, this third or fourth person that I'm picking up this offense over, I probably am not going to respond real well. Right. And that's all because along the way, I didn't say, nope, that offense can stay there on the ground. It's not for me, whether they meant it as an offense or not. I just need right. to let that go. That's so but good. It all goes back to that being aware of what you're doing being aware of how you respond, being aware of what God is working with you on, 
so that you can prepare in the acknowledgement phase of acknowledging I need to work on this. And that's the preparation phase, right? God is saying to you, okay, you're saying to me, you want to work on it. This is what needs to happen, right? When you're being still and you're listening to God and you're saying to him, God, I need to change my attitude in this area. Okay. Yeah. So now, now God's preparing you, right? Whether it's in his word or, you know, some other way that you get words from God. You know, if you listen to ministers or podcasts or, or however you're being fed, right? Mm -hmm. So in that time, he's laying that foundation, right? So that when that application time comes, when that offense is coming at you and you've already said you need to change your attitude, that's your opportunity to start right. building that habit going forward yes. so that it now corrects itself. Um, Psalm 77 two gives us instruction on what to do when we feel like we're in trouble or we're um, bothered in some way. It says in the day of trouble, I sought the Lord. And that's clear direction for us to do when we feel like we're being offended, mm. when we feel like we're being um, picked on or bullied, or we're just annoyed for who knows what reason. The first thing that we're supposed to do is to seek the Lord. And when we do seek the Lord, he helps us to not have that victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, and that goes back to that, what you were just talking about, you know, the beauty for ashes. If you are holding those ashes tight in your hand, those are still your ashes, right? God can't give you beauty for them. That's an exchange. When right. I hear that, that's an exchange. God is saying for your ashes, for your hurts, for your troubles, I'm going to give you beauty. But that means you can't be holding on to it because if you're holding on to it, there's no exchange. You're not giving up the ashes to God so that he can, you know, give you the beauty in exchange because right. that's what it is. That's what that for word means. He's going to give you beauty for your ashes. So you have mm -hmm. to give them to him. Yeah. So if we're holding on to all of that, that exchange can't happen. And he's waiting. He's willing to do that exchange, but we've got to let it go. We can't hold on to it. The more we hold right. on to it, the less God can do. Yeah. Well, and in Psalms, I know that we've talked about this before too, but Psalms 34, 19 says the good man does not escape all troubles. So that means that there's going to be things that come up against us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. It says he has them too. The good man has them too, but the Lord helps him each and every time. But like you said, Carrie, we have to have open hands mm -hmm. and we have to be able and ready to surrender to him and let him deal with whatever's going on instead of us trying to fix it exactly. and control it. Yes. Yes. Well, and that also brings to mind, you know, where it talks about the good man having troubles. Okay. We learn and grow through the troubles, right? It's, it's kind of like anything else. If, if you want to build muscles in your arm, you have to lift some resistant weight, mm -hmm. right? You have to train that muscle to become bigger and stronger. That, that's the same thing. Troubles come at you and those are all opportunities, okay? And, and maybe that's part of that attitude thing. And say, instead of saying that, uh, you know, this trouble, I'm having this trouble, maybe we need to be saying, I have this opportunity, you know? I think, I think a long time ago, um, we talked about the difference between I have to and I get to. Mm -hmm. um, in life, you can say, I have to drive the kids to school. I have to get up in the morning. I have to, but you know what? Turn that around. Okay. 
I get to drive these kids to school every morning because there's lots of people who don't have the car. They don't have the fuel. They don't have kids. They don't have that opportunity. They don't have the time that, you know, they have to work every minute. So they don't get to drive their kids to school. Okay. Yeah. And I get it. Life is a grind. Okay. But it doesn't have to be that big of a grind. If you really look at it in terms of what you get to do. Okay. I don't like to do housework. It, it is the absolute Worst thing on my list probably to do and dishes are one of the biggest ones, right? Mm -hmm. I hate them. But if I didn't get to do the dishes, then that means I don't have food. I don't have anything to eat. I, I can't feed my kids. I can't feed my husband. You know, all of these things play into the, I get to, I get to wash the dishes because today we got to eat because yeah. I have a roof over my head where I can cook. I don't have styrofoam containers that I'm eating out of where I'm throwing everything away because I can afford to, you know, God has blessed me in having a house. I have food on the table. Um, and as crazy as it sounds, I really try to take this approach and I'm not great at it. Okay. But I really try to take the approach of, I get to clean the toilet. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because if I didn't clean the toilet, Carrie, that means when I flush or I couldn't flush, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Okay. When I grew up, my grandparents had an outhouse. They had some running water in the house, in the house for the sink. Okay. But they had an outhouse and let me tell you, that is not pleasant. So I get to clean the toilet and I would so much rather clean the toilet than take care of what they had to for that outhouse. Right. Yeah. So um, yes, I have to clean the toilet, but I get to clean the toilet. Yes. Yes. You are so blessed to clean that toilet, girl. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, I am. Uh, the thing that I caught that you had talked about is um, knowing that if you don't get it right the first time, God's not just going to like advance you because you're at a certain age or you've tried so many times. Like he'll give you another chance to do it again and do it again and do it again. And sometimes our selfish pride is so forward, maybe up, up front and forward mm -hmm. that we think we did it good enough. Right. But no, God expects excellence out of us. Yes, exactly. And if we don't, if we don't do it right the first time, he'll give us an opportunity to do it a second time, third time, fourth time. Mm -hmm. So it is in our best interest to do things in excellence. Right. Well, think about it. When you when you took classes, whether you took high school classes or college classes or middle school classes, the teachers that worked you the most in class, right? The ones that had the most homework, they had the most challenging tests. If we look back on it as adults, we say, yes, in that moment, did we not like it? We did not like it at all, right? Mm. We did not like the extra homework. But you know what? Those are the classes that taught me the most. When I was in algebra, that teacher was so hard on us. But when I got to algebra two, I wasn't lost. Like mm -hmm. I had that foundation from algebra one to move to algebra two without being totally, totally, totally lost. Okay. So think about that. If that teacher in algebra one had just kind of let us slide by and didn't worry too much about whether we really understood what we were talking about and we really could do what we needed to do and just kind of gave us those easy A's. And, and don't get me wrong, as a kid, I liked easy A's, but I didn't learn as much. 
And then when I would have gotten to algebra two, when I was in that next phase of what I needed to do, I would have been in big, big trouble, right? Because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had that foundation. If I didn't learn the first lesson, the second lesson would have been doubly hard. And I probably would have had to take it more than once. And so we got to be thankful for those hard lessons, especially if we can learn them quickly, because it lays the foundation for what's coming later. Okay. It also lays the foundation for challenges God sees for us down the road. Right. So God knows what's coming. Right. Mm -hmm. I had events happen to me when I was 18, 19, and 20, and I am well past that now, but I had these events that happened to me when I was at that age that prepared me, Carrie, for things that I experienced this year. Mm -hmm. I'm 49. So things that happened to me when I was 19, I carried for, carried those memories for 30 years before they became applicable. And Mm -hmm. this year I looked back on them and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I can see now why at 19, I went through that. And trust me, they were not fun experiences. They were not great things, but they were character building, strength building, focus building lessons that God gave me then. So that when I was 49 and really needed to dig in, I had that in my arsenal to pull out and say, okay, God already taught me this lesson. I didn't have to learn it four or five times. This one I learned then, but I need it now. He already knew that. He also knew that it would be easier for me to learn at 19 than it would be for me to learn at 49 because the cost was so much greater now than it was at 19. At 19, I had way more safety nets, right? At 19, I was still living with my parents, living with my grandparents, you know, kind of being out, doing whatever I wanted, had no kids at that point, didn't have responsibility, worked my little clothing job, you know, so I could take the hit then that I needed to learn to prep me for when the, when the chips were really down at 49 and I couldn't afford to make those mistakes now. So God prepares us with that to carry forward in learning those lessons, the hard ones, sometimes they're hard to get past. They're called hard for a reason, but they are prepping us for things that will, it makes things later on easier. Decisions we have to make, situations we encounter. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about um, becoming aware, the awareness, the acknowledgement. Now, where does the applying come in? Well, that's when God, when the challenges come, like when, when God has said to you, you've acknowledged that you have a bad attitude at the supermarket. Okay. Let's say that's what you're looking at at the supermarket. Every time you walk in, you got this bad attitude. So that means you're not nice to the shoppers who are with you. You're not nice to the cashier. And you realize one day that this is a problem, right? So you, then you're aware, Oh, got this problem. You've acknowledged I've got this problem. And you go to God in prayer and you're waiting, right? You're like, God, I need help with this. Okay. Just know when you say, God, I need help with this. Okay. How do you build that muscle? You'll work it over and over again. Because the opportunity to practice. Yes, exactly. There's that opportunity word. Oh, yes. Let's see. That's perfect. You're so brilliant. There's that opportunity. You're right. Because he's going to give you opportunities to have the victory or to work that muscle. And then it's our decision. Yes. And if we don't decide to do it the right way, that's when we get stuck in that circle. 
Yes. Because I can guarantee you the next time you go to the grocery store, when you've prayed, God, I need help with my attitude. When I'm in the grocery store, every customer is going to run into your cart. Everything, you know, you're going to bump in there. The aisles you want to get down are going to be full. Like you're going to have plenty of opportunities to keep that attitude in check. Because you've acknowledged, you were aware you had a problem. You acknowledged God that he is our source. He is going to help me get through this. The only way he can teach you is by putting that opportunity, that challenge out in front of you and you working on it and working through it. And you may have to say, like for the 20th time, oh God, like I need to get down this aisle. You're go- Please help me have the right attitude right now because, okay, this is what I wanted, right? And I remind myself of this, Carrie, when I pray about things. I remind myself, okay, yeah, I I asked for this, didn't I? I asked to be better at this. So, okay, so now make the choice. There's the active, um, you know, application of what's going on. I'm applying what I know God wants me to do in this moment when I've asked him for the opportunity to change my attitude at the grocery store. When you choose to walk in love, when you choose to show kindness, when you choose to take a pause <laughs> yes. before you react, right? Yes. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I- I'm a push forward person. So taking a pause isn't always the easiest for me. Like Can I stumble over that pause sometimes? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, well, because we've talked about this before too, in different, in different settings, but um sometimes the way the Holy spirit works with me is I feel a literal jerk inside my body. Okay. Mm. And, and because, okay. Cause God knows I don't want to be out of his will. Like I, I believe he knows genuinely inside. I, I don't want to be out of his will. And if it's something I'm working on, I feel like there are some times where the Holy spirit gives me that little jerk of, are you going to pay attention? Because You know, you're working on this. And it's almost a literal hello, you know, that I feel like God is trying to communicate with me that he's aware I want to do the right thing. So now Mm -hmm. in this moment, am I going to choose to do the right thing? You know, and again, I I run headlong into things sometimes. So if you don't stop me in that way, like sometimes my husband will grab my arm because I'm wandering off or I'm doing whatever because I'm doing my own thing, right? I'm not focusing where I should be focusing. And so it's kind of the same thing. You know, the Holy Spirit is saying, hello, are you back with me? Because that's, you know, you're you're getting into that habit of whatever your head is telling you to do versus what God is trying to tell you what to do. That's good. That's so good. So it's really an easy thing. Like we, we were talking not too long ago where all of a sudden these A's just started coming into our heads. And I think it's really important to come up with things to remind yourself, okay, how am I supposed to behave? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to A, be aware. I'm supposed to A, again, acknowledge. I'm supposed to A, again, apply. So if you think about these three A's, as you're going through the day, it can help you keep in check. Mm -hmm. Especially if you know there's something specific that God has you working on. Mm Because for me, that's where this comes into effect. Like if I know I'm working on something, I'm listening. I'm listening in those podcasts for that to strike that nerve. 
so mm. that because I know God's laying the foundation, like that phone call is coming, right? If I'm listening to that podcast and that podcast is talking about keeping my joy, mm-hmm. I'm pretty much know that God is telling me right now, something is coming that's going right. to steal my joy or, or I'm going to let it take my joy. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, like I, that's how I feel like God works with me much of the time. If I can pay attention and be aware of what's going on around me, then I feel like I can be aware of what God is preparing me for that's mm-hmm. coming up down the road in that day, 10 minutes from now, even, you know, I, I feel like there's part of that preparation that's coming on. That's so good because when we walk around with our, uh, I want to see our heads in the cloud, you know, that's maybe one way of putting it. But when we walk, go through our day, just thinking about ourselves and just thinking about, you know, what's, what's happening or what's going to happen or whatever, when we're not living in the moment and being aware, we miss out on a lot of things that God's trying to show us. Mm-hmm. Yes. A lot of wisdom he's trying to impart on us. Right. And that's the times at which when we miss the, when we miss the lesson, the first time and the second time and the third time, you know, that's that point at which you have to say, okay, I didn't learn this and I'm just going to keep having to go through this until I learn it. So you have to ask yourself, you know, when do I stop and say, okay, I'm going to learn this lesson now, because I realize that this is a reoccurring theme in my life that just keeps coming up over and over and over again. Because again, that's where we grow, right? That's Mm -hmm. where we get stronger, right? That's where God is preparing us for what's coming. Because again, I don't know about you, but I can't see down my path, okay? I'm trying really hard for for, to watch where God is illuminating my path, but I can't see what's gonna happen six months from now. But I trust that God knows what's gonna happen six months from now. So if Mm -hmm. I've got a lesson right now, he's trying to teach me, it's probably because down the road, there's a stumbling block and I'm either going to fall flat on my face or I'm going to step right over it because I learned that lesson. Now I learned what God was trying to teach me. I learned what to watch out for, whatever that was, whatever's coming for me or coming to me, I'm going to be able to respond the right way because I learned that lesson when he was trying to teach me the first few times. That's so good. Yeah. And I use James four, seven once in a while to keep me in check. Um, It says, so, so submit to, and that means to surrender, right? Mm -hmm. The authority of God in doing that, an active part that we have to play in that is to resist the devil, stand firm against him. And when we do this, he'll flee from us. So it takes action on our behalf. Right. That goes right back to that application, right? Mm -hmm. You're surrendering. You're becoming aware of whatever God's working with you on. You're acknowledging that it's an issue and you've got to change it. And then comes the application. Here comes the, I now have to apply what God has said for me that I need to do in this situation. So yes, it goes, it goes right along with that. Yeah. It's so good that we can uh, go to God's word and find everything that we need. Um, Sometimes it takes a little digging. You know, we were working on this a little earlier and a lot of times like the words that we use in today's language are not necessarily words that were used when they were writing the Bible. Mm -hmm. So in surrendering, it doesn't use the word surrender that much in the Bible, but we have to figure out like, like we did earlier, 
go to the dictionary and figure out, okay, what does it mean to surrender? And then go into the word and look for words that are similar, like to submit, to right. submit to the authority. Mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, getting into the word is almost like a puzzle where we have yeah. to kind of fit the pieces together. Absolutely. What I love about God's word is there are so many cross references throughout the New Testament, the Old Testament. There are many verses that say the same thing using different uh, scenarios or stories. Mm -hmm. right. right. And it's so important to read them in the entirety instead of just like pull out a verse and just kind of go running with it. You know, it's right. important that we take the time to read a couple verses or maybe even a chapter ahead and after so that we're understanding the context and what they're talking about. That's correct. Cause context is so important. You know, like if you just take any random Bible verse out, it, it could mean totally different things depending on how you interpret it, right? Mm -hmm. And then, so we have to have the context of what's happening to understand what that is. Right. Um, yeah. but, but that goes back to the challenges, Carrie, in our lives. Um, the context behind what God is teaching us has to do with the preparation for what's coming and the getting over what happened. Like, right. I feel like in my life at this point, I'm doing one of the two, one, one or other of those two things, right? I'm getting over something that happened that mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't have control of, or that was outside of my control, which nothing really is inside my control, but that tells you a little bit about me, right? That the control thing is an issue for me. Um, or it's prepping me for what's coming ahead. Like there really is no stagnant period for me anymore. It's one or the other. I'm either growing past something or growing in front of something. One way or another, I'm growing. I'm really not staying the same. Um, and it does feel a little more accelerated right now. Uh, and I think that has to do with my age. Um, I was so busy when I was younger, you know, with kids and work and husband and house and life and dogs and cats and turtles and rabbits, you know, all of those <laughs> things we collect along the way as we're running through this life. It was so jam packed with things. I feel like God waited until there was space for mm -hmm. me now to learn some things because I just didn't have the space. And it doesn't mean I was totally disconnected from God or anything like that. But, but there were times where that day, because I didn't put God first, I didn't have room for God. Now that's mm -hmm. my mistake, right? Like things would have been easier if I had put him first when I was 30, if I had put him first when I was 35, if I had put him first when I was 40, things would have been easier in my life, you know, because I would have learned some of these lessons probably a little earlier on, or maybe I would have learned them without having to go through them 10 times, like maybe to learn them on the third time and not the 10th time, you know, but I, I feel like it's accelerating now because our youngest child, he's in college. Um, so now it's just my husband and I, I've had a career change. So this is, you know, a time of flux anyways. And I just feel like there's space now where I'm focusing on the things that are most important, which is my walk with God and my continual conversation that happens with God, which has really been heightened and strengthened in the last three to five years or so. It's, it's so, well, I used the word habitual earlier because it really is. 
I talk to God, just like I talk to you, Carrie, it's, it's a constant conversation of, I'm going to go do this and God, I'm doing this. And, you know, thank you for this. And, you know, all of those things, because I've found that that's a way that God can keep me in check as well. Cause I might say, you know, I'm going to go to the grocery store and something that little jerk inside me might, might happen where I realize that no, right now I'm not supposed to go to the grocery store for whatever mm-hmm. reason. I have no idea why, but did I really need to go to the grocery store? No, I can go, I can go have the opportunity to clean my toilets instead. Okay. So maybe that's what I need to be doing and not leave my house. Um, but I, I just feel like there's more space for me to learn the things that God wants me to learn right now. Yeah. And in that, the, our heart is to help women uncomplicate all of this, uncomplicate, make it less complicated to continue in your walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we can, we can let it overcome us and seem so difficult but it's all about relationship. It's not really about tradition or religion. Right. And when we look at it from that different viewpoint, it makes walking with him on a daily basis that much easier to do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and that leads into what we do in the True Grid Academy, um, which is those five pillars um, that we're trying to learn all of these things um, about how to develop our life. And I'll let you kind of talk about the, the five pillars and kind of how that, that approaches. But, but when we're coaching with people, that's what we're doing. We're, we're coaching them through whatever it is we're working on right then. We're examining their life. We're helping them dig deep into that, be in prayer. We're, we're doing that accountability part. It's not just what is your goal. It's let's set up these baby steps that's going to get you to the goal. And then I'm going to talk to you on Wednesday too, because on Wednesday, I'm going to send you that email saying it's Wednesday. Did, did you, are you down the path of this? I'm not going to wait until the next time I see you on Monday to say, did you accomplish what you needed to last week? Because okay. For me personally, that doesn't work for accountability because I'll Mm -hmm. do one of two things. I'll scramble at the last minute. Maybe I'll, I'll only half get it done. But if someone's touching base with me in the middle of the week saying, Hey, we set this goal on Monday. How are you doing with it? Did did you make those phone calls? Did you, whatever, you know, did you get your list together to organize yourself, whatever it is, you know? So, you know, that's kind of the way we look at that accountability part. So having two coaches, you know, we've got one that focuses on some things and we have another one who focuses on someone else, something else. And I think that helps as people, you know, if they choose to go through the academy, how, how they can learn and broaden, because it's not just one coach's perspective. Um, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the five pillars, what they are and kind of how we look at those as we go through the course of a year? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first um, got into this and God kind of spoke to me about what the four G's were. It was genuine. And that is just being genuine and authentic. He expects us to be ourselves. He doesn't want us to compare ourselves to other people. He wants us to use him as an example. And so when we're genuine, it is so much easier for people to relate to us and to have these conversations. The next one is grit. In order to be a Christian and in order to um, stand up for what you believe in, especially in today's world, we have to have a type of boldness 
about us. We have to have that steely grit, um, mm-hmm. that God confidence versus self-confidence. And we talk about that a lot too. There's mm-hmm. so many people who talk about self-confidence and self, um, self-care, self-assurance, self, you know, but if you don't bring God into that whole scenario, um, it says pride comes before a fall and pride sneaks in when it's all about yourself. So genuine grit, grace, we have to walk as Christians in a graceful way. We have to give people grace and we have to accept grace. And then gratitude, we have to have a grateful heart and we can't have that grateful heart with a rotten attitude. So we talk a lot about attitude when we do talk about the being grateful and and having gratitude. And then just most recently, God kind of... um, was spurring me to talk to people about generosity. I think generosity in this day and age has been kind of put on the back burner because um, the millennial age and all this stuff is about self and getting um, further ahead in life. Um, One thing that is good about the millennials is they tend to be more simplistic And it might be because of technology makes things a little bit easier for people, but I'm noticing that they are um, living a more minimalistic life, which is kind of good for us because uh, in my day and age of growing up, we always held on to things with that, maybe a little bit of that poverty mentality, like we might need it someday. And God has really been showing me a lot about when we're generous, God will take care of us. He'll give us what we need. We don't need to hang on to things because like you were talking about, Carrie, when our hands are tight and we're holding on to things, we don't have them open to receive. So that is the five pillars is genuine, great grace, gratitude, and generosity that we cover. And within those, you were talking earlier Um, So many things fall underneath those. Um, The people pleasing, the, um, you know, being accountable, we can throw boundaries under there. There There's so many things that go under these and having five pillars allows us to separate them in a organized way to help us grow in our faith in Christ and to refine us into who God wants us to be. Yep. Well, and we'll be taking a look here um, throughout the next few weeks on the podcast. We're going to dig a little deeper into each one of those five pillars. Like we'll take a whole episode and talk about what it means to be genuine. Like, what does the Bible say about being genuine? Do we believe it? What do we believe about ourselves? And is that, is that in line with what God wants us to believe? So each one of these five pillars, we're going to, we're going to dive a little deeper into. Um, Now it's not near as deep as we go to in the academy, you know, our podcast is, you know, between 30 and 40 minutes long, um, which is way different than a six week study on what it means to be genuine. Um, But we're going to take a look at that and kind of at the perspectives and what we find in the the Bible that, you know, um, that backs up what we believe. Um, And, Mm -hmm. and honestly, when I was first uh, working with you and going through um, the parts of the academy, um, that was one of the things is really diving in and doing that study on what I believed about myself and what I believed God believed about myself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I really like 
um, the genuine one has been a real growth experience for me in, in even walking through this program and developing it. Um, there was a lot of self-study kind of going on that goes along with that. Um, so I'm excited to get to talk about that. And I don't know, maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be the next one we talk about because um, it's, it's a great topic. And I think it's, it's um, been a big growth area for me in the past few years. So that would be fantastic. Yeah. Well, Carrie, I'm just so glad that uh, God brought us together and is bringing this podcast together so that we can talk to other people because a lot of people I'm finding um, have these thoughts and these questions, but they don't really have anyone to talk them out with. Right. Absolutely. Well, and in this, this. yeah, and in this, it's giving them a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, with being this last year with having to be home so much more, mm-hmm. um, we're not out talking to people on a daily basis. No. no, and I think people really are just needing that. Like you said, the, the touches, you know, throughout your day, right. being able to, um, communicate with people and being able to, um, ask the hard questions in, in the true grid Academy, we, we tackle some questions that probably wouldn't necessarily be tackled on a daily basis. Um, we kind of get a little deeper into some of these things because people need to be, people need to be freed of some things like from the past that they have grown up with and don't even realize maybe have contributed to, why they're reacting or acting the way they are in different situations as an adult. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've got all got things from our childhood that we carry forward forward through life and, you know, some deeper, some more shallow, but, but we're all at different stages of, you know, getting through that. Um, I have no idea who said it, but I feel like I've heard somebody say that they spent a lifetime getting over the things that happened to them when they were a child. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like you spend your adult life getting over those things. But part of that is because there are lots of lessons to learn in there that are preparing you for the things you got to deal with in life. They're going to come up against you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, that's a whole nother thing. But um, I'm thankful and grateful that we were able to spend time today together. Um, and I'm thankful for the listeners who kind of tuned in and wanted to hear what we had to say. Um, and so. I thank you, thank you, thank you, Carrie, that you listened um, and you obeyed. And that's how we kind of got into this situation of being able to collaborate and talk together. Absolutely. Thank you. And I hope I hope you guys have gotten some good tidbits out of this that you can apply to your everyday walk with Christ. And I'm looking forward to seeing you again. Okay. We'll see you later. Bye, guys. Bye. We want to thank you once again for joining us for the Proverbs 3 podcast, Don't Assume You Know It All. Join us live on Facebook in the Becoming Courageous group for Jesus and Coffee devotions every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information on our faith-based take team coaching or True Grit Academy, message us directly on Facebook.